You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pullbox Podcast. This is episode 58. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am your other host, Curtis Finley. And uh, this week we're going to talk about Tetris by Box Brown. Yet another book by First Second. Uh, And uh, this is... Uh, you know what? When we, I'll I'll give you guys a sneak peek at our retrospective, our year in review that we do every what? That's like in our April episode, yeah. April episodes. Um, this is going to be my number one book. Okay, I'm telling you that right now. Unless we read something else that blows my mind, like this is the my favorite book that I've read this year with um, good reason. It's fantastic. Yeah, with yeah. with lots of good reason. I I so this book is the story of Tetris um, and how Tetris went from a computer science uh, <laughs> experiment slash like, like, like hobby activity yeah. to just a throwaway. Thing. Yeah. To one of the most influential and important video games of all time. Yeah. Um, and the global phenomenon that it became uh, to rival things like Pac-Man and Super Mario. I mean, I don't think, that there's going to be a person listening to this podcast who hasn't played Tetris. Oh, yeah. Right? And, you know, you might not be a Tetris expert or a hardcore uh, uh, Tetraminomaniac. <laughs> but uh, you know it. And but you know it. it and you've played it. And, and your parents have played it. Yeah. And your grandparents have probably yeah. played it, too. Yeah. Um, and And... Although everybody has played the game, I don't think very many people knew this story. I certainly didn't. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't. And I consider myself to be pretty well versed in video game history. But um, I knew that Tetris kind of had a bit of a story past being that it came out of Russia. You know, Well, uh, I always wondered of, why it had the Russian theme and the Russian yeah. music to it. Um, and it's sort of I, I, one of those... I, I, you know, sort of end of the Cold War era uh, uh, artifacts, um, but so influential in Western culture. um, As it it turns out, worldwide culture. It's amazing how far-reaching, based on what we know in this book now, uh, this game um, is. So it's basically a documentary, but it's a documentary in comic book form. And it it follows uh, the sort of the the travels of Tetris um, from its original creator Alexei uh, Pajitnov. I mean I'm, I'm these are Russian names so we'll yeah. do our best with the pronunciation I, I to um, the hands of I, I oh, what was his last name Hank um, crazy American uh, who ends up being the guy who who uh, brings it over to the west. For everybody, uh, not Hank, uh, Hank, Hank, Hank yeah. Rogers of Bulletproof Software, who is kind of um, the whole time you're going through this story, you're kind of looking for a hero. Yeah. And Hank 
ends up being the closest thing you can the closest thing yeah that you could consider a hero and he ends up being the one who kind of saves tetris from well and the thing about from the mistakes of its of its previous uh sort of license holders the the whole book is about the negotiations yeah um and the rights and who owns the rights and that kind of thing and there are a lot of players in this book. Yes. Everyone from the creators of Nintendo and Atari yeah. and um, big corporate people, all the all of these different, um, um, not just video game companies, but yeah. computer computer companies in general, software companies. Yeah. Um, they all all over the world are battling it out to to get the rights to this game because they all realize that it's going to be a success. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, it starts in 1984 with um, with Alexi's sort of his conception yeah. of Tetris, which it's based on on a puzzle game called Pentamino, uh, which uh, many of us have played and not not realized. Right. Um, and it's that it, it's sort of that little game you see them in like you know whenever you go into one of those toy stores that's not really a toy store but it's just a bunch of educational stuff right and science like the stuff. toy store at Science World yeah <laughs> and and you you see like it's a little plastic case that you flip it open and it's got a bunch of blocks that look an awful lot like Tetris blocks yeah and there's a specific way to get them to all into fit. into yeah. the the it's thing only to get one them to way. Fit. yeah um. And so you dump them out, and then you, if you didn't memorize the the visual, uh, then you try and figure out, okay, how do I get these uh, uh, these blocks into this square or rectangle or whatever? And they're called pentaminos because they're built of five squares. Yeah. So that's sort of the 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 conceit of pentaminos. You have to have five squares, and and uh, uh, that's the that's the complexity of that. Um, in creating Tetris, I, Alexi realizes that like the complexity of five pieces is there's too many uh, there's too much variety yeah. in the types of pieces that you can have. He reduces it to four. Yep. The Penta to Tetra. Yeah. And that's where the T E T R in Tetris comes from. And I I've been playing Tetris since I was about five years old, and I did and never not realized it. put it together that all of the blocks in Tetris are made of four squares. Oh, you didn't know that. I didn't. Oh. I didn't realize that. Okay. Right, and uh, and I'm pretty good at Tetris. I yeah. mean, like I can play semi competitively uh, <laughs> with most people. There's a few people that that I wouldn't bother competing against, but. But yeah, like I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hardcore about Tetris, um, and I've played it on just about every video game console I've ever owned. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I learned a lot in this. Uh, but we, like, it even starts and goes into sort of the 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 origin of games. Yeah, I that was I, fascinating like, for like in in terms of like how humans came about them and and. Uh, and goes back to like ancient Egypt and and the kind of games that they played then, yeah. and, and even the origins of Nintendo of Nintendo as a Hanafuda trading card company. Yeah, I, I, yeah. before and, they even did anything with yeah. electronics. Yeah, um, uh, which I did already know because I'm right. I'm a Nintendo maniac, and I knew uh, some of it, but not to the same detail yeah. like the the toys that they created and yeah. uh, um, 
Oh, the love tester and stuff? Yeah, the love yeah. tester. Um, yeah, no, I, I, Nintendo's a really interesting company, and I, it doesn't really, it doesn't go into the origins of Atari or, or um, any but I think of the it's other in- companies, but it's because Nintendo is so integral in the genetics of Tetris yeah. and what Tetris goes on to be. Yeah, especially because there's a big plot point at the very end, uh, toward yeah. the end, where N- Nintendo's version of Tetris has some sort of code in it that makes it so that only it can only be played and reproduced for Nintendo consoles. Yeah. Um, so I think re- getting the history of Nintendo and figuring out yeah. their uh, their stance and how uh, how protective they are of their own of their own work yeah. um, was important to know. Yeah. So the and the the other really cool part of this story is the look into um, the mindset of a Russian artist, even though he's a computer scientist. Um, yeah. He creates a work of art when he creates Tetris. Yeah. And the idea that because he is uh, a, a communist and a socialist, um, he believes that the work that he does is for people for the, to enjoy. Yeah. Right? For the, for the country. Yeah. And so the wow. idea of making a profit off of it doesn't initially occur to, well, it scares, to Alexei. It scares him because yeah. he could get arrested for yeah. trying to make money yeah off for of trying it. to sell it With, so yeah so so yeah the so it's passed around on a floppy disk yeah. to all of his co-workers yeah just as like a, a, a distraction and escape yeah but uh, then their boss realizes that the productivity of his company is going down because yeah. everyone's playing this game because yeah. it is so addictive yeah uh which we all know that that's the case yeah. we've all been there um and and, and then so the guy who isn't really a lawyer tries to negotiate some contracts and stuff like that, and it just goes nuts. Oh yeah, and 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 the the Russian government is basically in charge of the negotiations, and the person on the Russian side doesn't know what they're doing. The person yeah. uh, is a the first guy is a, is British, right? Right, and yeah, he doesn't yeah. know what he's doing, and so the two of them are going on a lot of like handshake deals and good faith and that sort of thing. Um, and nothing's written down. Yeah. And so this guy well, just starts Well, and then the British giving... guy starts making deals with yeah. these different people. And those different people don't realize that they aren't the sole license holders yeah. of the thing. So they start making sub-license deals with all these yeah. other people. So then we have like 10 sub-license deals yeah. going on. And then they all start coming out at the same time. Yeah. Um, and they all realize, oh, someone else is making this. It so just becomes it, really it, messy. It sort of, there's sort of three acts to the story. The first act is the creation of the game and yeah. how it catches fire across the world, right? The second act is uh, is sort of this licensing kerfuffle. And then the third act is when Hank Rogers shows up. Right. Who ends up being one of the most important people in the story. Which is why we're not talking about the other people by name because they're kind of all incidental. Yeah. Um, in, you know, they all have names Atari and they're all real and, yeah. people, but yeah. and you can check them out. Yeah, but when Hank Rogers shows up, um, he realizes that the most important license is going to be for home console as well as the uh, the the 
non-existent at this point or nearly non-existent portable console right market the handheld and that is and he knows about yeah. nintendo's latest project the game boy before anybody else and so he realizes i gotta get that license yeah. it has to be on the game boy and if you are familiar with tetris from the late 80s early 90s it's you know of game that boy. it's because of the game boy yeah. that is the console that took it from uh an arcade uh computer phenomenon to one of the most well-known video games on the planet right. because like it, it was but it was it was twofold right the game boy made the made tetris ubiquitous uh, in in video game communities at the same time that the that tetris made the game boy the must have console that it was yeah. because even if you the look pair. at it was the pair yeah, if you look at super mario land uh, which was Nintendo's sort of first game for the Game Boy, as well as a couple of other things, you'd go like, well, yeah, okay, it's Mario, but it's kind of a crummier version of Mario. Right. It's not as well designed. Um, it's way harder. It's much more like Mario 2 that didn't get released here in North America. Um, them trying to sequelize Mario, right? Yeah. But here's Tetris, which is accessible to everybody, and the Game Boy, which is this new concept that anybody can glom onto and it's as easy as just passing it to the person next to you. Yeah. So it creates this community atmosphere to it. Um, and Hank Rogers is the guy who sees that before anybody else. And so he gets in there and wheels and deals um, and is a little bit shady in his American cowboy and unorthodox, way. yeah, especially yeah. in very communist Russia, trying yeah. to just barge in there and yeah. be a part of things. Um, but it's almost... It's almost like you have these two characters in in Alexi and Hank that are these idealized archetypes of their cultures, right? Yeah. You've got the dedicated, uh, purpose-driven communist worker yeah. who believes that his purpose in life is to serve you know the 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 community the the government and and sort of the for the, the people yeah, yeah for the people and and is willing to create this amazing thing and give it up to the masses and let the government control it because that's the right thing to do and then you have the american ideal in hank rogers the the uh self-made businessman cowboy yeah i who is out for profit but is also a good person. Like he's got a heart of gold because yeah. by the end of the story, he forges this friendship with Alexi. And as I mean, I this is definitely a very Western uh, look at the story. But for us, you Can, look at it and you go like, Alexi gets nothing. He yeah. he profits like not at all from this game being a worldwide phenomenon until Hank Rogers comes in and basically pulls him out of Russia into America yeah. and and sets him up with the profits, right? Yeah. Which he doesn't have to do. He's got the deal in place. He can just keep all that money for himself. But he's already got a yacht. He's already got a house <laughs> in, in, in Hawaii. Like, he's already made his fortune. And so he looks to Alexi and Alexi's friend, who, who helped him design the game, and says, you guys deserve this mm -hmm. you guys deserve this the the profits you deserve the opportunity because 
people all over the world enjoy this game that you created yeah. and that there's merit in that and you should be rewarded for 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 that merit right so so they kind of like it, it just it's really interesting how out of a true story you can end up with these two characters who are you couldn't write them better no. right like yeah. if you were going to sit down and create this story like these are the two ends of the spectrum that you would want realized in that story but it's real life you know and i mean it's a it's 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 done in a documentary style so the narrative builds to that and so you know we don't necessarily know everything about these people we only <laughs> right. know what we're told in the story um and it does actually have a pretty tragic ending because yeah. uh alexi's friend who we are introduced to right at the beginning um vladimir uh, pokilko um he ends up taking his own life right yeah. um and uh it's a it's a it, it it's kind of a sad story in the end but it's also you know there there's an inspirational aspect to it um as well there's there's sort of these two sides to the ending it's it's very bittersweet um and it's very well done and even though the art is kind of crude yeah. <laughs> which was my only but the only thing that I that I can say against the book the art's just a little bit off at points um it doesn't matter because the story comes across and the yeah. and the actual style itself um it's executes. very stylized yeah. and I feel and yeah it is quite crude um but it's uh I think when we're talking about Tetris yeah and its iconic nature, just being an icon in the in culture, but also because of the simplicity of the shapes themselves and the style of the game, to have an art style that is also very simplistic yes. and made up of blocky shapes yeah. really evokes the the feel of yeah. Tetris itself. Yeah. Um, it's very minimal colors. I think they only use yellow in the book, black, white, and yellow. There's a little bit of blue on the cover. Um, yeah. So that also lends it to uh, really emphasize certain features or for certain things that they that the artist wants to. Uh, yeah, well, to it reminds across. me because the, the color of yellow it's almost like a greeny yellow. I think it's meant to evoke the Game Boy, the dot matrix screen on the Game Boy, which oh, is sort okay. of that green yeah. yellow color. Yeah, yeah, that kind of muddy yellow. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah that could be. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting choice. Now, I've also read another book by his by Box Brown um, called Andre the Giant about. Andre, Andre the Giant. Yeah. and uh, kind of his life. And in that book, um, his style is the same, but it's a little bit more refined. Okay. Because um, a, lot, a lot of the drawings in this book, like the some of the lines go out of the panels or they don't let, line up with other lines or, you yeah. know, that kind of stuff. But he he's a lot more um, careful with his drawing in Andre to create a more, a softer feel because Andre the Giant just is a gentle person. Okay. And his artwork... It is soft and gentle to yeah. reflect that. And so giving this one a little bit more of a harsh tone makes it feel more like, I don't know, communist Russia. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. It definitely has sort of a, a bit of a propaganda yeah. uh, feel to it, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's um, a brilliant pairing. Yeah. And and a remarkable... Like, he must have done so much research into this. I can't even oh, imagine. Oh, God, yeah. And, and talked to the people involved, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, well, the people um, that are left, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. First, second, again, they just not the, set out of the park. They're 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 just pulling out 
these great stories that I like nobody else is interested in telling. Yeah. And putting them at the forefront and giving them the the presentation and uh, and the time and care that they need. And so you know, we're it's no secret that we're big fans of First Second. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know. I like to think that First Second they're becoming pretty big fans of us. They're, yeah, uh, they should be. <laughs> we talk yeah, about we talk about them a lot, and they they hear us talk so. Um, but it really uh, is one of the best books of the year. But yeah, it is. It it stands out um, it is so as a as a real um, accomplishment. In, now, would in this comics. would this book still be fascinating if you don't care anything about video games? Because it it might get a little dry. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that like any good documentary, um, the subject matter is irrelevant as long as the story is there. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, and it is so, a good like, you story. you can get pulled into into story. subject matter that you don't necessarily care about. Yeah. As long as the 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 narrative is strong, and the narrative in this is so strong, and the characters are so strong. Yeah. Um. Even though they're real people, right? Like, it's very clear who is who and what. I mean, we, when you get into the executives and that whole kerfuffle, there's sort of like there's a few people that purposefully are melded into one. But it's because they all serve the same purpose. Yeah. They're all fighting over the same thing for the same reasons. And the whole point of that is for when Hank Rogers shows up. Right. He's sort of the white knight of the story. Yeah. As, like we said, as close to a hero as you can get in this, that shows up and is like, no, I actually understand Tetris. Because <laughs> everybody else, they're just executives. But Hank is a programmer too. Right. Right. And sort of the one thing that we, we left out. Like he made a game and that's how he got to where he was. Um, and it's one of he the reasons why the value. Yeah. yeah, it's one of the reasons why he he is a is more heroic and ends up saying to, to Alexi and, and um and his his friend I forgot his name already. Uh it was a Vladimir, maybe. I uh, <laughs> that like he, he ends up getting them their profit. Share. Yeah. Right, because yeah. he knows, like, you did this work. You yeah, deserve. he understands the value yeah. of the programmer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, like, it sort of creates that that idea that here's a bunch of suits, and then here comes a guy in a suit that isn't one of the suits. Yeah. Right? So, but, like, that that's clearly defined, and you understand who everybody is and where they are. You understand, you root for people, which is always important in a documentary. Yeah. Because you want, you want to see the end come to fruition and it does but then there's also this sad note on the end as well so yeah i i do think i think that the the story itself is strong enough that even if you don't care about video games um you're gonna learn something about them you're gonna learn that video games are actually important if you didn't think that before <laughs> well this whole they, mobile cell phone culture that we yeah. have now is a result if according to this book is a yeah. result from tetris really yeah for sure yeah. Um, yeah, and I like I totally agree with yep. that. It's 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 hugely influential in modern culture. So um, yeah, I mean I can't recommend this book highly enough. Yeah. It is the, one the, of my favorites. The graphic novel form itself, because video games and comic books tend to go hand in hand in that in this yeah. you know nerd culture that we live in, it's the perfect format. I don't know yeah. if it would be as successful if this was a prose history book or whatever. yeah and i don't you couldn't do it as a doc as a as a film documentary because right. like what are you going to do recreate all of these events right no, yeah you're not yeah. going to do that no right? one was filming so, that stuff yeah no it's uh but it makes you feel like you were there so yeah yeah it, it definitely it, it definitely accomplishes what it sets out to and that's a great story so 
Cool. Well, I think that's it. It is. Um, it is. It's always quicker when a book speaks for itself, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you got to make sure you read it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, well, what are we reading? What's what's coming up? Well, um, I think we're going to... The next one we're going to read is called Cosplayers by yep. Dash Shaw. Um, it'll be an interesting um, sort of complimentary book to this one, I think, just with the nerd culture yep. uh, content of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, find that one. It's by Fantagraphics Books, which I'm surprised, actually, this is the first Fantagraphics book that we're going to talk about. Um, I, I'm a big fan of them and read a lot of their books, but this is the first one I brought to the podcast. Cool. So, so yeah. Uh, and then your pick next month is... Star Wars Infinities. Right. Uh, all three volumes, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, sort of the what if of Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then our reader poll yep. is from Isaiah. This is our Patreon reader poll, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna try and get our readers' suggestions from Patreon, the Facebook Patreon group now. Yep. So if you are not a Patreon supporter, um, give us a, a buck or two every month. And yep. uh, if you visit what is it, Patreon.com/slash/thunderquack. Yeah. And then you'll be part of our Facebook group and yep. be part of our discussions. So Isaiah suggested that we check out the first volume of the new Power Rangers series from IDW. Yes. And so I think... Which has been on my pull list for a while. It's sitting in my box at the comic book store. I've just been looking for an excuse to pick it up. Perfect. There you go. So perfect excuse. So thank you, Isaiah. I'm really looking forward to that. I've heard good things from Power Ranger fans. Not from anybody else, but (laughs) I'm a Power Ranger fan, so I think it'll be fine. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Great. Cool. Well, that's it for this episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. Keep reading comics. For more episodes of the Pullbox Podcast, visit us at pullboxpodcast.com or on iTunes. You can find me on various social media websites. Just search for Curtis Findlay, and that's Curtis with a K. You can follow me on Twitter at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and, you know, on Tumblr and Instagram and all those other social medias as well. Uh, go to patreon.com slash thunderquack to support us where you can kick in as little as a dollar and get a bunch of great rewards the exclusive thunderquack podcast as well as access to the facebook group and by getting access to the facebook group you get that direct line to us to send us suggestions for what we should read on the podcast if you like this podcast you can check out other great podcasts on the thunderquack network by heading to thunderquack.com